The Dad Presents, Episode 6, Kosha Deals Live. It all starts right now. I wouldn't be mad if you call me brother, man. You know, we're, we're that tight. You can call me brother. All right, brother. All right. Don't do that again. No, I, didn't, I changed my mind. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Dad Presents Episode 6. This is parenting advice that is very, very finest. I'm joined here right now with Jay Maddie. What's going on? And, of course, there's Dog. What's up? What's up, people? <laughs> Show number six. We're going to keep doing it. With, doing it. Yeah, just keep moving. Doing like it a, well. Like a freight train, baby. Like a freight train. Come in with all the parental advice you need and some other stuff along the way. Um, we always start by just checking in with each other. Jay Maddie, uh, how are things going in your neck of the woods? Things are good over here, man. Had a had a good weekend. You know, we went to that uh, escape room together with the kitties. We we did not escape. Uh, <laughs> Didn't disappointingly, come close. no, not not even close. Not even a whiff. But we had a good time. Yeah. Um. At least the kids did. Then uh, yesterday, I went and got trained on on my rifle, and you know, because I'm going hunting later in the winter, so I want to you know make sure I don't shoot myself. So we went. We had a professional sniper train mm. us, me and my buddy. Yeah. And my first shot from 100 yards, I missed the entire target. Now, after an hour lesson, I was deadly accurate on an eight-inch target at 600 meters. Mm -hmm. This guy, like, you got to calculate the weight of the bullet, the curvature of the earth, gravity, wind, all kinds of factors, and do these mathematical equations to figure out where to aim. And, you know, being a Mensa genius, the math part was easy. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. But uh, it was really cool. I enjoyed it. No, that's good. You're you're little by little becoming more and more white. That's right. And so they're. Um, I got to sh- protect my gated community. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you're happy with that. That's <laughs> something to look forward to, and um, more dangerous at the same time because you're now armed and practicing. That's so right. That's good. It's something to look and forward to. And not always sober. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lock your doors, ladies and gentlemen. He has a gun, and he he's not scared to use it. Um, on my end, you know. Stuff comes up, and this this happened a while ago, but I was just thinking about it because I was, you know, you try to evaluate to see if you're racist or not. Oh, you are. I probably am. Very very easy answer to that. Okay, so this is a while ago. Um, my daughter, who's now nine, but was probably seven or eight then. I think eight, probably. Um, her mother says, hey, I'm going to sign her up for dance class. I say, okay, where are you signing up for dance class? She says, well, I'm going to sign her up. Uh, at the school she goes to. And her school is like a multicultural melting pot of kids. There's, I mean, you can't, like, you couldn't be more diverse. You, you, you couldn't hit 10 Asians if you do a stick on the thing. They're, they're all spread out. There's Asians, there's Latinos, there's black, and it's great. It's the, you know, the yeah. way you want your school to be. That's the future. So when she said that she was, you know, taking dance, I said, okay, what kind, what kind of dance? She says, oh, she's going to take hip-hop dance. I said, oh, well, there, there's a problem there. She said, well, why is there a problem? I said, well, it's not probably the hip hop that's real hip hop. It's probably like the melting pot type hip hop, like and <laughs> one and a two and a three. And I was like, you know, that's my concern. You know, she's a black girl. It's hip hop music. Maybe she should. You don't want to spoil spoil her for hip hop. Well, that was disrespect your people. Yeah. And the thing was, is that my wife says, well, do you want me to pull her out? And I said, no, no, no. 
You can keep her in. Man, hip hop snobs. Yeah, I mean, but what, well, I was gonna <laughs> say, what would you do? But you, yeah, you, there's you get lost in translation there. But the thing was is that I said, okay, look, she can take hip hop dance, but if she ever, if her and her group ever get invited to like a tournament in Compton. Don't go to the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> there will be things in that tournament that she will not recognize, understand, and it might screw with her head. And actually, it's, it's might, good. might be good for her, though, too. Well, yeah. Like, like Mario was talking about last week when he put his kids in school in the ghetto for, for a few weeks. For, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And maybe it toughens them up. But, uh, you know, you're just protective of your kids. Like, And the thing that came to mind, dog, was... We played, it, it, Dog and I went to an elementary school that was hood for an elementary school. And for, sorry, for a Catholic elementary school. Right in the jungle. Right in the jungle. For, an, for a Catholic. What's ele- the jungle? Well, they refer Lower to. Lower Baldwin Hills. Baldwin Hills. Because the cops used to refer to it as jungle because a lot of black people, uh, black people monkeys and, and stuff And like trees, palm wow. trees. Yeah, no, that's racist. Yeah, that was really racist. All right. Um, but we went to a, <laughs> a, you know, for a Catholic school, we, it was hood. And we had a good basketball team. When we were seventh, eighth grade, advanced in the playoffs and got to the finals, eighth grade. We came up against a school, St. Albert the Great. St. Albert, you you know what I'm about to say. From Compton. From Compton. And St. Albert the Great, I think they still may be scoring points on us at the gym. (laughs) They they stopped the game when they got up by 25. And I can swear that one of the kids drove there. At eighth grade. <laughs> with you. Well, man, that's because you didn't feed the dog. You got to feed the dog down there on the low post. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was, dude, he was, he was on the perimeter. Yeah. yeah jerking up th- threes. He was a gunner. Yeah. Dog was a gunner. But the, so that was the thing. I, you know, I, you're trying to protect your kids from, you know, certain embarrassment. And I wish my uh, parents, little embarrassment's good for him. Yeah, yeah, because we got embarrassed, and and we thought we were great. Have, have we I were. ever told you my Larry Bird card story? Yes, you. I'm have. not doing it right now, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I learned from that. I learned from that. <laughs> so anyway, that's something I was reflecting on this week. Uh, we got questions this week. We sure do. Awesome. And you know, you ask for it, you shall receive. We got our first female question. All right. Are you shitting me? Yep. I am oh, not. God, sh- no, I'm, I'm not. I'm shitting so you. excited. I don't even know who this woman is, but I'm in love with you right now. I, I mean, I, it's her name is Sheila. Hey, Sheila. I don't know girl. Sheila. Hey, girl. Hey, Sheila, girl. Wow. We love you. Right. We love you, girl. See what I mean? And we're not going to get many more with, <laughs> with, with, with that sort of thing. Going to run them all. Bro. Yeah. All right. So Sheila says, "I'm a single mom, mm-hmm. and I have two boys." And they won't stop playing with their penises and tucking them to pretend they have vaginas. <laughs> this is not a joke. Okay, what do sorry. I do? Okay. Uh, you want me to go first? Hey, I'll have at it. All right. So anyway, Sheila, thank you, first of all, for being the first. We, we got to send Sheila something for being the first. Last week we had a black guy. This week a, a woman. We're, this We're, is, we are becoming more and more diverse. We are. If we could just get... We're going to solve all America's problems. Yeah, if we could just get you to stop saying the N-word, then we'll be right there. Well, don't count on it. <laughs> But Sheila, listen, it's natural. Boys play with their things. They're becoming more and more familiar with them. You'd much rather have them do it at a young age than being uncomfortable with it through puberty and through teenage years and into adulthood to where they never were allowed to touch or experiment and now everything's new. So they either go wild or they become a total recluse. You want to have your kids balanced. So, I mean, and there are rules. You can't, you know, don't break it out of the dinner table and put it in grandma's soup or anything like that. But what you want to do is let them feel comfortable with it within reason. Uh, it's it's totally natural. Every guy in this podcast, in this room right now, is, is played with their 
stuff. As a matter of fact, I'm doing it right now. Yeah, I figured as much. But she said they're tucking them. Yeah, and that's stuff boys <clears throat> joke, and they tuck and you know do yeah. stuff like that. And you never did that when you were tucking them. Yeah, yeah. push it up in there, and tuck it between make it the look legs. like a vagina. Yeah. And, you no. Know, no, well, no, no, maybe it's not for everybody. Uh, yeah, you yeah. <laughs> wanted to bop. Yeah, I just wanted to bop. Yeah, <laughs> you know, choke the chicken, choke it. <laughs> but she let nothing to worry about there. Everything is healthy, and I know it's tough being a single mom and dealing with that stuff because now you have to be dad and mom. But rest assured, you will probably have two very, very, very healthy boys, healthy and mentally smart. and smart kids too. Yeah, 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 Sheila. I mean, it, I understand that could be confusing for you as a woman, but the first thing you need to understand is that boys are disgusting, okay? And the second thing you need to true. know is boys are obsessed with their little dickies. Also true. Yes. So, I, you know, I don't know about all little boys, but I grew up with four brothers. I know we all did the tuck and dance, every one of us. Mm-hmm. I know my two boys do it. They run around the house joking about having a vagina. They would slap each other into dick and run around, chase each other. You know, just is what boys do. They grow out of that. You, and it's like you, you don't want to stop that. You want to lay down some some guidelines because I, I think we teach too much to children to be ashamed of their bodies and, and be too ashamed of their, their parts. You don't want to teach that. But at the same time, you got to let them know, you know, it's not appropriate to go running around the neighborhood like that. Sure. Just draw the line there. You'll be fine. They'll be over it. You know, as soon as they hit puberty, that stage will be open yeah. or over. Then they'll be hiding away in the room and doing it where you can't see him exactly and sheila also know that keep this the the benefit of this is when they get married you get to tell their wives all about it (laughs) and it's a benefit doggy you have anything to add there doggy no sheila just don't worry about it you know your kids are gonna be fine it's just a part of growing up Mm -hmm. being a boy that's it very simple thanks sheila keep the questions coming sheila yeah keep them coming ladies we love you girl if ladies send questions they get the priority Yes. Tired of this sausage fest up in here. Exactly. I got to deal with these right. two assholes. Qu- question number two comes yes. from Frederick. Okay, right? Fred. What's happening? This, this is Frederick's entire email. This is why I had to share this one because it was, it was brief and to the point. Okay. He says, my three-year-old is still in diapers. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Frederick. That's a tough one. Um, you know... And I, I I sympathize or empathize. I don't know which one is it. Is it sympathize or empathize? Depends. Could be both. Both. Okay. Yeah. I do both. There, Frederick. Um, you got what you got to do is you got to really lean on every parent you can find and and see if you can find an answer. I we were very fortunate to get them out of it at a at an age because we were just persistent with it and we stayed on them and we were disciplined and we weren't too hard on them, but. Uh, it's got to get done. It's got to get done because it, it, you really want to move on to the next phase right now. And once you get rid of diapers, obviously it's an expense that you're dealing with, which is a pain in the ass, and the actual mess, which is a pain in the ass. Um, what? Talk to your parents. Talk to your parents. I wish I had better <laughs> advice. Talk I got, I got the answer for him. Okay. As soon as you got I, I'm out of. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, Frederick. I Dog, you, you got anything? Uh, Frederick, no, I can't help you, man. I've been a stepdad all my life, so I haven't dealt with, you know, children of three years old. So. Yeah, he was a stepdad when he was like yeah, 13. Yeah, I've been a stepdad, you know, different stripper <laughs> like women. So I always get my kids at about 10 and up. They're exactly. already, they're, yeah, yeah, they're already they're ready made. Yeah. Yeah. Already formed. <laughs> yeah. All right, so here, here's the deal. This is exactly what you do. Now, this is, a, this, this is, some people might look at this and call it abusive, 
But those people are wrong. Those people are sissies. <laughs> when my first son turned one years old, that Saturday of that week, his mother went to work. And now my son, I thought he was a smart kid. Okay, if your son, if your son is still in diapers at three years old, what he's doing is taking advantage of you. He's yes. making you a sucker. Mm-hmm. He knows he's not supposed to do that. He's just being lazy and he's taking advantage of you. I took my son that day. I did not put him in a diaper. I put him in a pair of jeans. I put duct tape around his ankles. <laughs> and, I, and I told him, if you have to go to the toilet, you go sit on the toilet. If you go in your pants, you're going to stay in it. Mm-hmm. He went in his pants. I made him stay in it until his mother came home. He was potty trained after that. <laughs> nice. One year old. Yeah. One year and a few days, he was potty trained. Never a problem again. Now, you may say that, you know, in today's society, that might not fly, but it worked. He was not damaged from it. You know, maybe his butt was a little bit red, you know, and he learned. And, yeah. and we got to do new things with him that we otherwise would not have been able to do and advance him in other areas. So at three years old, that's what you got to do. That would be my suggestion, honestly. That sounds crazy, but you know, you can't it, argue with what works. It's it's got to is is Frederick. It's got to be done, and that, that's the end of it. You you can't like kick the can on it. So, I'd I'd say go with Maddie's idea. Yeah. Go with it. You're not hurting anybody really. It's only your kid. I mean, they, they got to love you or or at least respect you or like you. I don't know. And if go it doesn't that. work, do not tell Child Protective Services <laughs> that you heard that from this podcast. Yes. We will deny. Yes, <laughs> and we have lawyers. Not really. <laughs> but that's it. Thank you, Frederick. And thank you, Sheila, for uh, chiming in this week. Appreciate you guys. Yes. Please continue to send questions. We Most of the times we have answers. Sometimes you guys throw us curveballs, and we got to ask someone else. I'm glad Maddie could fill in there. That was a good story there, Maddie. Go with it, Frederick. All right. What do we got next? Uh, well, I, I had, I wanted to talk just a little bit about Halloween. I don't know. What do you have to talk about? Well, we're going to talk about election day and shit like that. And you want to talk about fun stuff first? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Plus I, the, the way you edit these things, this won't be out till three days after the uh, election anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, but okay. So Halloween, I love Halloween because number one, I love to dress up and fly my freak flag. I love it for that reason. Number mm-hmm. two, I like seeing all the little kitties, you know, we get together with friends down at Hermosa beach and the, the houses, they do it up like big haunted houses. This is a lot of fun. Sure. Right. But I also love how liberals freak out about whatever outfit somebody's wearing that's offensive. So I got I got a couple this year, right? Okay. So we got Sean White. Mm. He's a, now we <laughs> yeah. got a, a white guy doing a white sport. You know, he's a he's a snowboarder or is he that's, a skateboarder? He's a snowboarder. All right. I think he's both. But yeah, a white guy doing a white sport named White, dressed. As Simple Jack from Tropic Thunder. Do you remember that movie? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You remember that one? No. Simple yeah. Jack was uh, played by Ben Stiller, and he was like an over-the-top, uh, mentally, mentally challenged, retarded, mentally sorry. retarded person. Kid, yes. Yeah. And he had to apologize for this. Now, that, first of all, it just cracks me up that that offends anybody. Number two, it offends me that they want him to apologize. Mm-hmm. I mean... There was a, a black rapper in that movie. Do you, do you remember who the rapper was? Booty, uh, what was his name? He, yeah. He something. was selling booty stank. That yeah, was yeah, his. yeah. And <laughs> yeah. He, was like a, he was like a homophobic black guy. Yeah. He yeah. didn't have to apologize for playing the role. Ben Stiller didn't have to apologize for playing the role. Mm-hmm. Um, you had, and you had uh, Robert Downey Jr. in blackface in that movie. Sure we did. He didn't apologize. Like, you, you have a guy, Sean White, 
who is dressing as a fictional character from a movie, mm-hmm. and he's got to apologize. And, and we guess we get more of this every year, and I get annoyed and I love it at the same time. I just love to see people <laughs> get worked up over that stuff. So then the, the second mm-hmm. part, and I, I, I talked to you about this, but I want to bring Dog in on this. My wife, you know, she's not always um, up to date on these social issues. She's born in the Philippines and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So my wife is a nurse, and she was out with some other nurses for dinner. And she learned from one of the nurses that there was another nurse who lost her job because her and her boyfriend went to a party as Beyonce and Jay-Z, and they went in blackface. And my wife didn't understand why they lost their jobs. Mm. That was fucked up. (laughs) I don't think they should have lost their jobs. Mm. You know, just to the simple fact, I mean, just people are dressed up in costumes. It's, it's, it's Halloween. They were paying tribute is yeah. what, what they thought they were doing. Maybe yeah. they didn't. You know, my, my wife, she might do something like that because she loves Beyonce and she just doesn't understand that you're not supposed to do that. It would yeah. be an innocent mistake. Now it's different. Like if you paint your face black and act like Mr. Bojangles or something. Right. Or yeah. Somebody that's entertaining. White Absolutely. People, yeah. You know, or you know how they used to do it back in the day, paint their face black and tap dance and shit all in front of the white man. Yeah. But now it's, you know, just, you know, showing homage to um, Jay-Z and Beyonce. That's ridiculous for losing their job. I'll sue their ass. And, and it's not the, the, the woman didn't go to work that way. She was at a private party in her off time. Yeah. So that sucks. I, uh, I'm not going to speak to that. I explained to her why they lost their job and it's not really up to me to decide if that's offensive or not. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I get the history of it, so I, un- I understand it, but there's some people out there who are just clueless. And I bet this woman was just fucking clueless. Yeah. Maybe. But still, it, she didn't mean anything. She doesn't sound like she meant any harm at all. Yeah. But it, and that's the thing. Is it that sucks to nowadays? Lose your job. Yeah, but you see, that's the thing. Is it it becomes a thing one because of social media. If she just went out with her husband and never posted anything, it would just be some weird tale of folklore that hey, I know a guy who did this. We don't have any pictures of it, but this is what I saw, and then people would talk about it. But once you post it, your the place you that employs you becomes aware of it, and then they have to make a decision. Right. Do they want the headache of Channel 5 News coming there live to talk about <laughs> the lady who wore blackface right. and all this other stuff? Yeah, and get that. And it becomes a really easy decision because they're saying... They're just making a financial decision. That's, that's what they're doing. They're just trying exactly to avoid a controversy. It yeah, it's, it's, not, a, it's not necessarily civil rights or they're, you know, they're uh, pro-civil rights. And they may be pro-civil rights, but it becomes a financial and a sort of a trouble issue. How much yeah. trouble are they willing to deal with? Right. Yeah. Speaking of Tropic Thunder. Okay. Can I mean that movie was just what like ten years ago? I know. And now you can release it. I think that's one of the three funniest movies <laughs> of all time. There's no way they could make that even today. There is no. Have you ever seen it? No, I have to. I'm you got to go home it. and watch yeah, that movie yeah. tonight. It's fucking. Is hysterical. it funnier than Step Brothers? It. It's the funniest man. It, it's. <laughs> I don't know funny. if it's funnier than Step Brothers. That is. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. But it's not as I'm funny gonna go check it out. Brothers. Yeah. All right. So um, how about how about we go to. Uh, then we're jumping to your boring politics sure. stuff. But how about we do uh, explain a black thing to a cracker? We haven't done that segment in a bit. Oh, I love this one. All right, okay, let's go. All right. Jesus. So, so my boys and I, you know, once in a while, we when we're chilling, we can't don't have anything to do. We get on YouTube and we take turns picking the videos, and we went down a rabbit hole of parkour. 
Do you guys know what parkour is? Yeah, you're jumping on shit. Dog mm. doesn't even know. Tell, no. tell dog what parkour is. Well, it's like the sport that white people made up mm-hmm. because we beat them in everything else. <laughs> right. So they had to make up a sport to where we wouldn't be interested in. Much like you w- are not interested in. Right. So what they do is they go around a city and they climb on stuff that's just like a trash dumpster, a wall. Um, what else do they do? Um, anything that they can climb on, they do. They just climb on it and they hop and they jump on different shit around yeah. the city. You know, white people stuff. Man, you are not doing it justice at all. Okay. It's it's like it's very athletic. It's gymnastics <laughs> using using your environment. It's they're doing flips, they're doing crazy kicks, they're jumping from one high building to another like death-defying tricks. It's it's impressive. Hey, it's so- very cool. It's like it's like skateboarding, but a higher level of danger mm-hmm. and no skateboard. Okay. So, Simone Biles better not find out about it. She'll dominate. She might. So that, that <laughs> as as I'm watching it, probably 30, 45 minutes in, I realize we haven't seen one black dude yet. Yeah. And usually when it's a sport where you haven't seen a black dude, it's something like uh, golf, golf, where it's an expensive sport. Or like yeah. curling. Yeah. Well, something where, yeah, where yeah. the elements don't fit black people or it's expensive, so they or get excluded. Or they're not interested in. But parkour, yeah, but okay, black people are getting into skateboarding now, right? Yeah, it's All been right. slow, though. So... My question is, why are there no black people doing parkour? It's, it's what I would say is, is that it's something that, like I said, you got to be interested in it. And black folks typically aren't about, because the thing is, when I see people do that, and it's all white people I've ever seen doing that. You're a lot asked, of Asians too. Yeah, okay, maybe them too. They're kind of white adjacent it, nowadays. Yeah, they're sort of the same. <laughs> they blend into each other. But... You you're you question like as a black person you're like well shit if I'm jumping on public prop or private property how long before the police show up yeah and you're gonna go to jail <laughs> yeah that's that's my first thought <laughs> is that at some point someone's gonna come here with <laughs> and a siren down and be like I don't care what the fuck come you on man you really think that or it, it might be a citizen's that arrest it doesn't have to be the police See, but that's the thing black people think about stuff differently in terms of risk to them like right. if I jump around on some shit that doesn't belong to me. <laughs> I'm going to go to jail. That's just how it is. <laughs> that, did, that didn't cross my no, mind. No, because, it, because it's a different way of thinking. Yeah. But I guess, you, that, I guess that's white privilege. Is that white is. privilege? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And the thing is, hanging with you, you do the same thing. Like, I'll say, hey, man, you can't do that. And you'll be like, no, man, yeah, sure, we can't. You're yeah. like, no, no, but no, dude, that's can't. That's all my white friends, too. That's just me. That's, that's not because I'm white and you're black. That's just me. But that would be my first thought. Um, there's no interest in it other than that, and you shouldn't be mad at it because you don't want black people taking over that sport. Because if they find out about it, and they get interested in it, then it'll be a black sport, and you guys will be, you know, kicked out again. Dog, what do you think? Why don't Sounds black like people a do challenge? That? You want to go parkour some right now? No, because I'm scared I might go to jail. <laughs> I don't want to go to jail. Yeah, I think you know a lot of just like you said, blacks man, they don't want to jump on no private property and shit yeah. like that, or you know, public property or whatever it is. Whatever it don't belong so to it's them. Like no, if it doesn't belong, black, stay away from it. Yeah, because they'll make a citizen's ref on, uh, arrest on you guys or anything. Exactly. You know. So yeah, I mean, we can't be even, careful, black people. Don't try it. Don't sell water. Don't sell cigarettes on the street, and don't do parkour. That's my message for the day, black folks. All right, man. <laughs> what, one, one more, one more, one Go more. Ahead. All right, because it's just reminding me more about the the weekend, right? So my wife, the same conversation she's learning about the uh, the nurse loser's job. She's mm-hmm. talking to her friends, 
And this one friend starts talking about how their three-year-old, you know, we were talking to Mario last mm-hmm. week about putting young children on, on hormones for yeah. sex changes. Sure. She starts talking about how they're doing this with their three-year-old. Oh, man. Three. That's a fucking baby. We just learned from uh, our previous listener, three. some three-year-olds are in diapers. Yeah. And you're going to give them. To me, that's child abuse. That, that's plain and simple. I mean, would you give your three-year-old steroids? No. That's what you're doing. Yeah. You're giving, I, them, you're giving them steroids. It's just too early. And I, I said the same thing last week. It's too early. And they're not letting that child make the decision for themselves. Yeah. Child, you know, that child can make that decision Exactly. For Let them grow up and mm-hmm. make the decision themselves. That is child abuse. Yeah. Sure. So we posed that question last week. We were talking about a fourth grader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's a little bit different. I still don't agree with that. But a three-year-old, you're out of your mind. Yeah. I, I, anyone that's sick and yeah. disgusting. That is sick. Yeah, that's sick. All right, so let you, you get into it with your your politics. We got to vote because this could be the beginning of the end of Donald Trump. So get out there, and you know you got you got to get out there because this is like the this isn't the championship. This is like the semifinals, and if you can't win in the semifinals, you're not going to win the championship. And the reason you got to vote and to defeat Donald Trump's regime. And I'm not super, super Democrat, man, but I just know I'm against him. The reason you got to beat him is because just think of what he would have to do to, first of all, explain how he lost control of the House, which it looks like he's going to do, or the Senate. The Senate doesn't look like he's going to lose control of that, but we'll see. And then on top of it, look ahead to 2020, because a lot of times these things are sort of the the pre... It's like the Golden Globe Awards going to the Oscars. You can kind of tell who's going to win the Oscar by watching the Golden Globes. So... You can t- kind of tell in 2020, if he has a poor showing tomorrow, that there's a good chance he may lose in 2020. And then when he loses, the pleasure you're going to get from watching this man step down. I mean, will he go crazy? Will, who will he blame? He's going to blame everybody, first of all, when he loses. Then you don't know if he's going to do like a Shawshank Redemption thing where like he goes like into his office, over office, and locks himself in, in there and refuses to come out. That's going to be worth the price of admission alone. It's just to watch how he reacts to losing. So if there's no other reason for you to vote, vote for that reason. And that's my second message of the day. I'm full of messages today, people. What do you think about tomorrow's election, Maddie? All right. Here's what I think. So I, I'm tired of the hysteria, the overreaction, the hyperbole. Barack Obama said this week, this is the most important election of our lifetime. Why are you talking like that? Isn't that how he talks somewhat? All right, I, I won't do that. He says, democracy, the very, the very foundation of democracy is at stake, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sure. The very foundation of democracy is at stake. Yeah. That scares you. You should go vote. That's scary, right? Sure. In the next breath, he tells us that our opponents, the Republicans, are trying to win with fear. Yeah. Do you know if I can hear yourself? Well, you just tried to scare the shit out of everybody, and now you're telling us that's what they're doing. That's what both sides are doing. Hold on. Okay. Give me, give me, give me the no, floor no, here. You have the floor. He, number one, either he doesn't see the irony in that, and I know Barack Obama's a, a smart person, so mm-hmm. he must see that. Mm-hmm. All right? But it's not just him. Cory Booker, Hillary, Joe Biden, all saying the same kind of stuff. Pretty much every Democrat is saying that. But it's yeah. not just them. Then you got the Republicans. You got Donald Trump saying... If you don't want illegals taking over the country, you've got to vote Republican. Mm-hmm. Trying to scare the shit out of everybody. Sure. So everybody's trying to win with fear. And then he says, it's the most important election of our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Number one, bullshit. It's not the most important election of our lifetime. 
It's not, it, it's not, you know, and so I went back, I did this last night. I got on Google and I just Googled that phrase, most important election of our lifetime. <laughs> they use it all the time. 2016, Hillary yeah. said it was the most important election of all time. Sure. 2012, Mitt Romney and Bill O'Reilly said it was the most important election of all time. Mm-hmm. 2008, Obama said it was the most election important election of all time. Mm-hmm. Well, which one is it, Obama? 2008 or 2018? All right. Mm-hmm. 2004, John Edwards and John Kerry say... Democracy is at stake, and this is the most important election in history. Year 2000, the NRA and Rush Limbaugh said that freedom was on the line, and this is the most important election in history. Finally, 1992, the first time I could, I could vote, Bill, Cl- Bill Clinton said, the foundation of democracy is at stake, and this is the most important election of all time. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was 19 then, and I believed them, and I voted for them. Yeah. I'm not fucking 19 anymore. Mm-hmm. These people are all, it's all hyperbole. They're all full of shit. Every time they try to tell you it's the most important election of all time. And if you notice the pattern, the people telling it to you are all these people who are not in power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's bullshit. I call bullshit on the whole thing. Well, like, okay. We we all understand that there's spin mice masters and people who, you know, are professional wordologists and come up with stuff. But when, in this instance, when you have a president. It's really true. That's what you're going to say. Duh. When. You have a president that's talking about, oh... Grab your pussy. Yeah, that's, no, that's number one. But <laughs> no, he, he starts off with that. First, that's his lead-in. Then he comes late, within the last week and says, I'm going to take citizenship away from people who were born here. That is democracy. He has been... When he talks about, oh, I'm going to begin to penalize the, our, the press, that is a threat to democracy. Um, when you talk about him using fear about immigration, you are threatening the way of life that supposedly what America tells you it is. Like America tells you, hey, we're we open our borders, we open our our hearts, we open we're op- we're a melting pot. His his um, statement on uh, birthright citizenship is ridiculous, mm-hmm. and it's never going to happen. Sure, he says a lot of shit, but overall, his policy on immigration is not much different, if at all, than Obama's was. It's just the way he is perceived. Mm-hmm. It's not if you, there's there's speeches you can go and maybe we'll we'll play a drop of Obama saying all the same stuff as Trump mm-hmm. in regards to to immigration. We are a generous and welcoming people here in the United States, but those who enter the country illegally and those who employ them disrespect the rule of law, uh, and they are showing disregard for those who are following the law. We simply cannot allow people to pour into the United States undetected, undocumented, unchecked, and circumventing the line of people who are waiting patiently, diligently, and lawfully uh, to become immigrants in this country. It's just the way everything is portrayed, and it's the fact that Trump speaks like a third grader that works to his detriment. Now, do I love the guy? No. Has he done some some not-so-great things? Sure. But so did Obama, so did Clinton, so did Bush. He's no worse than any of the rest of the crew. And it should be noted, he's not even on the fucking ballot. So we're trying to make it like this election is about him. He's not on the ballot, even if Democrats get all of it. Does does that mean he's definitely going to be impeached? No, it doesn't mean that. Mm -hmm. And either way, it's the left trying to scare the right, the right trying to scare the left. And all it's doing is people are getting more and more and more divided and it's the media beating this drum and it's the politicians beating this drum and it's bad for America. We all need a fucking kumbaya moment.
And this election's not going to be it. No. Doggy, how do you feel? Um, Get out there and vote, man. Just don't be lazy. And don't tell yourself, because I used to tell myself when I was turning 18, like, hey, you know what? My vote's not going to change anything. What's my one vote going to do? Well, it's going to change a lot. You know, you want to vote to what you believe in. And um, I honestly think that I don't see anyone that can knock off Donald Trump. I honestly think he's going to win it again. Mm-hmm. That'd be good if the Democrats can get win the House, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, but other than that, man, I you know, just get out there and vote and that's it, man, you know, but I don't see nobody beating Donald, man. You yeah. know what I'm saying? What yeah. happens if the Democrats <clears throat> win the House and Senate? Tell me what happens. I he, think, does, he doesn't get a lot of his shit passed. Yeah, bro. that's what happens. You, it, it ends up sort of being an Obama presidency where you end up with spite keeping his agenda. But the agenda, I think, is a lot of it is stuff that I'm not supportive of. So I, I would vote for a logjam in this instance. But Obama had to deal with the same thing of having his agenda blocked by both House and Senate. And it was in his last term, right? So, because that's who really runs America: the House, House and the Senate. Senate. Yeah, they who runs propose. America are the, yeah. pe- the people with the money that are the controlling the puppets. Mm-hmm. That's who, that's who runs America. Yeah. yeah, that can also be said. Mm-hmm. We know of such things. Everybody done on election? Stuff? Get out and vote. Vote on those. Educate yourself on those propositions. That's yeah. what matters in that's your important. local elections. Vote takes five minutes. You know, and you know those pollsters those polling people the people at the polling places those 80 year olds it makes their day to have something to do so go and make them feel special give them something to do and don't post your goddamn i voted stickers on facebook <laughs> nobody wants to see it just vote and you know it's like when you make a charitable donation you do it and you shut up yeah you don't need to brag just vote just it's, your, vote. it's your civic duty get out there damn it um okay we'll go to a couple of little news items Man, uh, I sounded cranky there. I must yeah, be cranky. You're, you're, I told you, you got a, you got a gun. You're becoming whiter. <laughs> you're becoming crankier. You're maybe. Yeah, we're gonna look for you. There's gonna be. Is there? Are they gonna film an American History X Part Two? You, you'd be perfect for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. America right. is Black. America is scared of the white man. They, the white be. man's putting in work. Man. Have you seen their work? I've you seen their see work. What they did in Vegas. What they do in Vegas? The mass, the 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 white guy killed fifty. Oh, the people? yeah. Well, yeah. That man. That's scary. Yeah. The white man's trying to take over, man. Yeah. Come on. Because they're mad we're taking over sports. And look what they did in the synagogue. That was <laughs> fucking ridiculous. That's awful. And look how they ran up in, in the that, church in South use, Carolina. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. look. Look, yeah. man, this is it's, it's don't becoming. Don't use they. And, and you know, it's just, that is not a. It is, look at what is that doing? <laughs> those, <laughs> doing those are horrible, hateful, yeah, they are hateful. terrible people. Don't say they. That's not, that's well, that, not the, white the, men. The, uh, well, that's that's what they do with terrorists when it's a Middle white Eastern person. White supremacists. Yeah. Let me say that. Yeah, those folks. Let me narrow them down. Sure. Not yeah. all white America. Yes. Just the white supremacists. Yeah. And then, like, I'm scared of the white supremacists. When, when Middle Eastern people do that, they call them terrorists. But when white people do it, they call them crazy. Yeah. Well, it, dep- it depends yeah. what news source you're listening to. Yeah, that's true. Too. That's all. But we have a problem in America. Mm-hmm. I agree. And it's it's uh, it's been going on for a while. And... You have these little victories, but then you take these steps back. What, what we all need to do, and how you're talking about white supremacy and <clears throat> blah, 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 we all need to sooner rather than later learn that identity politics is bad for us. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when I sit down here with you guys, sure, I see you're, you're black guys, but I don't think of you as my black friends. I think of you as my friends, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. And I don't, I don't identify as a white guy. 
you, people might look at me and say, there's a middle-aged white guy, but I don't identify as a white guy. I just, I'm just a dude, man. And we all just need to identify as dudes. Yeah. And we need to stop looking at every issue through the lens of race because it's making people not like each other. I agree Instead of that. bringing us together, it's pushing us You're apart. right, Jay, because I always look at you as my white friend. <laughs> and I'm going to stop doing that. <laughs> Only, like, give him a couple more weeks, though, because he, he uses it and it's funny. <laughs> okay, keeping it light, we are now joined by a new friend to our lovely podcast, Mr. Kosha Deals, a rapper. Well, well known, well respected. Maddie, you you ready? You got him? Um so just to introduce Kosha, I'll tell you how we how we met this guy. Uh you know, my buddy Joel and myself, we were down at ACL and we just got done seeing Travis Scott. We came out, we were all pumped up and you know, we had a little bit of ecstasy in us, a little bit of weed, a little bit of booze. And uh sounds some, like, sound, that sounds like Tuesday night for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, we were <laughs> a little bit confused and uh walking from overpass to underpass trying to get home and we bump into Kosha and, and he was kind enough to give us a ride back to Austin about 45 minutes at like two in the morning. Just took care of us, you know. And I know Kosha's sober sober. So uh, we needed that. So thank you for that, Kosha. Where are you at today? Right now, I'm in Covington, Kentucky. Kentucky, huh? I saw you were. Yeah. I saw that you were um, on social media. I saw you were in Pittsburgh at the synagogue. Yes, I was. Were you doing a show there? Are you Are you hearing this? Yeah, it, yeah, I hear it. Son of a bitch. Were yeah, you doing a? I was, oh. I was doing a show in Pittsburgh, but I stopped by the synagogue and, and yeah, uh, yeah. But I had scheduled. I'm on tour, so when I met you, we had a couple of days off. Um, I was supposed to be uh, doing a gig; it got canceled, so we had some days off. And I went to go busk outside ACL, and then um, yeah, man, I was ready. I was like, all right, I'm gonna go, and that's how I met you. And then we continued on our way, and we just did New York, Vermont you know, Connecticut, everywhere. We've been all over the Americas and, um, you know, ended up, you know, in Pittsburgh just Saturday and today we're in Cincinnati on our day off. Tomorrow we're in Indianapolis. Damn. Yeah. I saw on your schedule, man, you keep busy. When you say we, are you, are you traveling with, uh, with, uh, some other artists? Yeah. So I'm on tour with this girl named Devmo and my drummer who's named JTL Baby. John okay. Longley. That's him. So we're just in a van, man, doing America. That's awesome. That nobody man. cares yeah. if it's a new tour. Very cool, very cool. So, um, you know, mm-hmm. since we met, I've been listening to your music. I'm, I'm getting into it. And I guess if, if, if people would ask me, I, I don't want to insult you. I'd kind of, I, I guess I'd describe it as kind of like Little Dicky, kind of with like Del the Funky Homo Sapien. Like you kind of do that, uh, you know, that you have that sardonic wit thing going on, you know, a little self-deprecating, which is a lot of fun, a lot of... A lot of hip hop hop artists they won't do that, you know. Hip hop is very bravado and braggadocious, and I love that you get a little self deprecating. It's it's refreshing. So, how would you describe your music? Called like user friendly, you know. I just always been going back to the user friendly topic because if you don't really mess with Wu Tang or like some real hard stuff, and Lil Dicky's too like you know comedic for you and like del the funky homo sapien is awesome like a good you know real hip-hop stuff but then there's also like the jewish element to it that's 
with Modest Yahoo and the seriousness of it, um, with struggle and addiction and things like that. And there, it, it's an emotional roller coaster, you know what I mean? So, like, but with the name Kosha Dills, you can't take yourself too seriously. And if you take yourself too seriously, you know, you might as well become a politician or something and do that, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah, speaking of that, uh, elections tomorrow, Kosha. Are you voting tomorrow? I am voting. Right on. Get it, get and it out there. And I'm a convicted felon. I'm not in California, and I'm still voting in California. Could you believe it? So if you don't vote, you're a sucker. Oh, message, wow, man. message of the night. Yeah. I, I can still vote. So if, you're, if you don't vote, you're lazy. There you go. In fact, one time, man, I voted, and I was just so excited. I didn't even know who was running. I was just so excited to vote for other people. So it's great. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. But today I've been doing research on why I should vote for people, you know. Whatever, you know. Yeah, got to be a responsible voter. You got to know what's up. Yeah. So let me, I want to ask you about. uh, If I I just wanted to pick it, you know, I would play the the Mega Millions, you know what I mean? Like. I wanted to ask you, I'm I'm from Pittsburgh, but, you know, I haven't been there in a long time. I wanted to ask you, you know, since you were just there, what, I mean, how's the town doing? What's the, what's the mood like? What was it like at the synagogue? very intense man i gotta say it was really intense experience for me um i think just as like a jewish person and somebody that's out there on the forefront doing that like you know i'm gonna walk people through and have a live stream of it and i have some significant people that follow me and a couple you know 250 people you know chimed in to watch the live stream seeing me just you know walk through and showing it to people and not everyone could be there and people appreciate it, you know, to document that. And I think uh, the mood ultimately is very shifted in Pittsburgh, which is a very strong city. It's a very supportive city. It seems to be a very honest, hardworking city. Like just people just yeah, yeah. I mean, around it, the edges, and I, it's the Rust Belt. It's uh, you know, blue collar, hardworking people. And yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely a shock to them. We just last week we had um, Mario Van Peebles in. And um, he just did a movie called uh, Armed. Was Armed, and it was pretty much it was about gun violence, which is coincidental to you know what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any kind of opinions on on guns? Do you do you ever do you ever rap about any kind of social or political issues, or do you keep it a little lighter? Um, you know, listen, I've been robbed at gunpoint. I've you know held guns illegally, and you know when I was on drugs. I mean, I'm a rec- I've mean, been in recovery a long time, so my experience with guns has been getting robbed with guns, almost you know, you know, with guns to my head, and then also, you know, holding guns and going to do them as well, which is crazy. That's what like drugs brought me to, you know. Um, and this is like in a time where you know gun control was an issue, like the internet wasn't like voicing their opinions about that at that point, you know. Um, and then you have. Um, you know, like a Donald Trump statement about like there should be guns in, you know, synagogues. Yeah, that but was fucked Israel, up. There's, there's guns at synagogues because that's just the template. And there's guns, people, there's security, armed security at bars because it's a reality that they live in, um, in Israel. And, you know, in Europe as well, there's always armed guards, guards at synagogues. Hmm. Um, in Europe, because there's many terror attacks. But ironically, the only place that there isn't armed guards is in Poland, in Krakow, where the Nazis were once, you know, 50 miles from Auschwitz. Um, and it's the only place in Europe that doesn't have. It's very kind of re-welcoming to the Jewish community. 
Um, do I think there should be armed guards at synagogues? There usually is, actually. Like, um, at synagogues that I go to, usually more on the high holidays, and that's not on a Saturday morning service. Do I think there should be? Um, you know, just as a Jewish person, like, yeah, like, for, for, for one reason is that they could have it. Um, and yeah, but like, for everyone else, I don't know if that's something they, they're ready to do because it's foreign to them. I've grown up, like, in politics, in Israeli politics, like, for my family. Yeah. Like all, and all the military war. Oh, uh, you're cutting out a little bit. Shit. So, yeah, yeah. Like, it's for me, it's normal. I'm like, yeah, why wasn't there a gun? And we were like, wait, wait, there's not guns there. They're, they don't have security. Like, I thought they all do. You know, in L.A. and here and into places where they always, you know, it's always at least one guy, you know. Um, and it's, uh, it's true, you know what I mean? But should a whole political campaign be run off the fact that there's going to be one mass shooting and i don't know like i don't know you know what i'm saying i don't know if that's like the main thing i had i had no idea that that was the reality at most synagogues around the world that's that's surprising to me i, I had no idea yeah did you yeah, know that people, no yeah, i didn't that's i, I was at another terror attack in a synagogue and there wasn't and within four okay so there was this is 2014 hold up did you say you were at one that was attacked I came, I came there 24 hours right after. So okay. I heard the attack happen, and I went right there to the scene. And it was in Harnof, Jerusalem, which is like a really religious, non-fighting town. You could even look up, sound by something, like just message me. I'll send you. I did an interview with the guy, my buddy, whose friend was the EMT that responded, a first responder. And um, basically, these guys came in. Um, these Palestinian dudes that worked in the neighborhood and they went in with meat cleavers and they started chopping up rabbis. And Jesus. Crazy. Wow. And the police came and they were shooting and there was a shootout. One cop got shot and killed and I think uh, three other and then they killed the terrorist there. And, you know, um, like within an hour, within like a, one day, everything was cleaned up, you know, in Jewish religion, they have to bury the body within 24 hours, it's sort of what they do, so they, and then they, still, and so that was like, and uh, yeah, it's, it, it, unfortunately over there, they'll call it political, in America they'll call it, you know, hate crime, but it's, a, it's the same thing, but, but, um, you know, it's just more common in Israel, and it's like, uh, there's, yeah, man, I mean, guard there, because it was kept, Seven in the morning, and there's prayer services in a religious neighborhood three times a day. They have morning, noon, and, and night prayer services. And where was this so at like, again? Where was this at? It's in Jerusalem. It's a place called Harnof. H A R N O F. You can look it up online and learn all about it. I'm sure it's yeah, we will. In a different way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's amazing over here when we talk about, especially now in the election season, we talk about how divided we are and and we are more divided than we were a decade ago but you know com- compared to the rest of the world we're, we're getting along okay i mean it's dangerous out there mm-hmm. yeah dude i mean it's the reality of it and i think plus well, i'm pretty left leaning i'm an artist you know but i do think we should be prepared at least like on representation of you know jewish people i don't know like i just think um this is what it should be yeah know? I can respect that. that. Um, you're you're headed over to Israel in like a, a week or two, aren't you? What 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 are you doing there? Yeah, I'm just chilling. <laughs> do you do you have do you have people over there? Do you do you have family there? Yeah, yeah, I got family, friends. 
I'll be performing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be speaking. Now, when you when you go over there to perform, like are the, are the Israeli crowds are they into hip hop? Is it, or is that kind of like a new thing yeah, for them? Israeli people love the party. I would assume so. No. Very um, cool. That's kind of that's kind of the consensus. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Kosha, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. And yes. Kosha, you're obviously Jewish and, and you're American, um, but you're also an artist. So have you written anything in the wake of the synagogue attack? Has uh, anything come to mind in terms of uh, um, something creative? Well, I have a song called So Many People that I recorded and shot the video partially in, in Poland when I was out there. I went out there three times in 2016. Mm-hmm. I, uh, and it's on my last album, What I Do All Day in Pickle. I usually put like one super Jewish like representative song on an album mm-hmm. full of user-friendly rap songs. Uh, hold on a second. <laughs> you might hear crazy. Sounds like the cops are coming for felony know, number yeah. three. What's happening over there? I know, dude. <laughs> hey, tell these guys, once it, once it settles down there, tell these guys about, I, I like the story you told about how you kind of got into it with the with the rap battles. Oh, in the, in the rap battle? Where? Oh, in like life? Yeah, um, yeah, how you came up. Yeah, you told me you had you had yeah, won some. Got back in, you know, in the I, I I was battling, you know, a moral technique, and there's a lot of other rappers. One rapper was named Idea, and uh, hold on one second. I'm, uh, you guys mind holding on one second, real quick? Go ahead. Yeah, no worries. We can just edit that out, so don't worry about it. So um, here we are. So. Yeah, I'm meeting some people, guys. I'm like walking into a, yeah, it's a large group. I'm like walking into a restaurant <laughs> <laughs> in a rainstorm in Kentucky, and I met you guys in Texas, rapping outside on the street. Right. So basically, um, basically, I uh, just was battling, you know, from the start in New York, from New Jersey, going up there, and um, every weekend, you know, going up, you know, smoke a weed, <laughs> right, dude, and. And going up against people, and that was like my first joint. And I, it was like wrestling, you know, I went like one on one with a wrestler and one on one with other rappers. And, you know, when you beat somebody, it feels good, you know, winning is good, good feeling. <laughs> right, but, and, and, and the way. The way you had you had told it to me, it kind of it kind of reminded me of Eight Mile. Like you're in a you're in a club and you're surrounded by all exactly black dudes, was. and you're, you're the one white guy, and you came away with the victory. <laughs> white guys like me find that stuff inspiring. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was that was the, that's the exact reality of it. Except, uh, um, yeah, no, that is it. You know, I would say there was you know the internet wasn't what it was. You know, right. So I think battle rap has like evolved, but that wasn't it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think, um, in general now, the battle rap is totally different, you know? How Back so? Back then, it was sort of like, I don't know, but that was like, it was like, a, it was like a tournament, and then this now, it's like one-on-one, and you're preparing for each other, it's more like MMA now, <laughs> you know who you're going against, right. and then this time, it's a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. But, um... I know we bumped on topics there during the uh, the alarm of me breaking into somebody's car, but um, no worries. You know, also, yo, that about the Holocaust song. So I'm also Israeli. My whole family is from Israel. I was the first one born in the U.S. So I'm dual citizen. So a lot of my stuff feels like a super tied to Israel stuff, and then just because it's like where my family's from, 
and then also American, you know, like just whatever, you know, just be growing up in like hip hop culture, um, and like sport culture and wrestling. And I sort of applied it all to my rap, rap life. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what rap is, yeah, you know, telling like, your, telling your individual but, story, right? Telling, telling what you know. I, I would love for you guys to, uh, check out the, um, <coughs> the song So Many People because maybe you could play it in the background and it was a super intense song. And, uh, like a shot. I went there with my mom. I went to the concentration camp and I rode a bike from Krakow to, so I rode a bike from Auschwitz to Krakow. It was a 55 mile bike ride called Ride of the Living. I did it with Holocaust survivors. And then I did a TED talk in Poland. In you did a TED talk? 50 miles from where, yeah. You check it out. It's called Freestyle Rap Saves My Life. And oh, wow. It's really all about, all about it. Well, yeah. you know you made it when you get to give a TED talk. <laughs> That's legit. Yeah, I got a TED Talk, bro. I'm legit. You, know, <laughs> you met me rapping on the street, but I got a TED Talk. <laughs> and, and you mentioned freestyle. Yeah. That, freestyle is sort of what you, you're known for, for, from what I've what I've read, and been able to read up on you. Is it? How is that? How is discovering that? Like when you're a kid, how do you, is it like becoming Spider Man or Superman, where you have this power and you're just like, wow? Or how, how did you know that that was what you needed or you wanted to do? Um. I don't know. I just wanted to. I just wanted to release a record. That's what I knew I wanted to do. Freestyling was taught to me by a guy named Steve Ray's Walls in like 2006. And when no one knew you or your song, you know, you just get to grab their attention by freestyle, and it would help you sell more stuff because they would prove that you're like just really good. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You can't. You can't fake freestyling. You can't fake that. You can't. You can't. You can't fake that. You. You can either do that or you can't. I'm ordering. I'm, All right, man. We're gonna we're gonna let you go. It sounds like it sounds like you got a lot going on. So we'll let you go. But um, we're gonna we're gonna play that song you said. We wrote it down. We're gonna drop that in. <laughs> we're getting the drive. Yeah, give me okay. something. Give me uh, some uh, some pork fried rice while you're there. And, and when you get back from Israel, the fish tacos or the mac and cheese. Oh, fish tacos for sure. Fish tacos. Yeah. And when you come back from Israel, we will uh, we'll bring you in, man. Yeah, man, and I just want to let you know, I appreciate, I was really excited to meet you guys, and I appreciate you guys. It was really dope to meet you. And meet, yeah, you know, likewise, likewise. Playing inside, you know? Yeah, absolutely. All right, man, take care. Enjoy your tacos. Hey, I want to let you know, whoever's watching it, your artwork is awesome. <laughs> and hey, 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 uh, uh, do, you, do you have anything you want to, um, you know, pump? Um, yeah, just um, definitely check out Kosher Deals on Instagram, Kosher Deals on Spotify. Um, I'm also doing a podcast called Hustle Beach, and I'd love to get you guys on it. Sure. And um, yeah, man, I'm excited. KosherDealsWorld.com. Um, and I want to big, give a big shout out to Reed Jews, uh, who's been helping me out on this tour called the Nobody Cares Except You Tour. And it's like social entrepreneurship and sustainability. It's really cool. Um, is this going to be out tomorrow? Go vote. Probably two if days. Not, you probably screwed up and didn't vote. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, vote away. And if you, uh, you know, exercise your right to be part of the conversation. Man, I feel like this was such a, you know, productive combo. It wasn't like, a, you know, a whoop-de-whoop uh, interview. So That's how we do. I yeah. feel educated. I feel like, edu- I feel like a, an adult educated adult here. <laughs> No, but seriously, <laughs> what about oh, those tacos? <laughs> but anyway, we got some news. Actor Todd Lut- Latterette, is that how you say his name? Latterette, Latter- Latter- okay, for- forget it. Whatever. He oh, is- yeah, I heard about yeah. this fucking crazy. What do you do? This Tell actor him. admitted to cutting his arm off. He cut his arm off. He did it himself 
to further his career as an actor. He would tell people in the movie industry that he was injured during military combat. Of course, he was never in the military. Um, he's also, no surprise, bipolar and is yeah. making this admission to bring more awareness to people with that condition. Um, wow. That's going... That's next level. Yeah, yeah. that's going that's far. Deep, man. And it worked. He was... <laughs> He's been a working actor for years. He admits that this will probably end his career, and I, I don't, understand why. <laughs> I don't know that I buy it. I mean, how is that even physically possible to cut off your own arm? Where oh. there's a will, there's a way. He said he, what did he do? He burned it at, after he cut it off to do it. You know, I guess after you cut Cauterize it. Yeah, cut, yeah, but how did he cut it? Did he use it? I mean, maybe with a sword? A chainsaw? Do do? I don't know. <laughs> What he did with it, I don't know. I don't. What did you do with your arm after you cut it off? Do you save it? I don't know, man. You Does got it, maybe you eat it. I don't know what you do. You with can't it. throw it in the garbage. No, because well, you could. I guess put it in the garden. Maybe Good compost. Man, I don't know. Respect Ooh, the game. You, I respect this game. I respect your game, Todd. What if you jack yourself off with it? And that way, it feels like someone. Of course, else is of course he goes there. Jeez. Of course he goes there. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay, so Todd. I mean, yeah. that's a, an amazing story. I just, I just, I question if, if the it's, validity, the yeah. truth. Yeah. Well, he said it, and his career is over because of it. So is his career over? Well, he, I don't know. We're talking hire. about him. Yeah. I never heard that name before. I don't know if you can get hired after that. I think that's you know. You know, ironically, we were talking about Tropic Thunder. There was the mm-hmm. character in Tropic Thunder who had uh, lost his hands, mm-hmm. right? And, yeah. he, and he was going about like it was the from same, the military. Kind of the yeah, same story. Same yeah. story. Yeah. It's funny. But no, this guy, in terms of his career, doesn't have a leg to stand on. Or a hand. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. um, also, a Connecticut teacher faces charges for allowing a fight club in his class. Uh, no, guy, you got that wrong. What? There's no charges. I read it was charges. They no, didn't charge him? No charges. Okay, no charges. So he's is he back teaching? Yeah. Oh, holy. Well, shit. I don't know if he's back teaching. Okay, I don't know that, but there's no charges. No charges filed. Yeah. Okay, so it's, uh, apparently this guy had kids fighting in class. They go by the rule of Fight Club. Uh, obviously, no one knew about it because it was first like rule. first or second grade or something like that. Or, uh, they were little kids as long. I think it was elementary school. Yeah, I can't remember, but nobody knew about it because you know the first rule of Fight Club. <clears throat> can't talk about Fight Club. Can't talk about Fight Club. So. Um, we don't know what this guy, I, I read that there were charges. Maybe he got off because he's white probably, but Ryan fish, tw- he's a 23 year old teacher. And he, what he said was that he was foolish and that the kid, you know, he's young and some of the kids were close to his age. I think it was high school. And, and that's why he allowed this to happen. But, um, I think he lost, well, he, yeah, he was removed from that job though. Right. Yes. Right? I don't know. Yeah. I, I think he know. was. Okay. So anyway, that also, that happened in Connecticut. This All, tells me, just that story, mm-hmm. yeah, tells sure. me everything I need to know about America. Okay. You got a teacher doing a fight club, mm-hmm. no charges. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Then you have hot, sexy teachers mm-hmm. blowing boys in junior high school. They go to jail. Sure. Teachers should have guns in classrooms, frankly. Yeah, that doesn't work. That doesn't it's, calculate. It's, it shows that we are more accepting of violence than we are of an act of love and sexuality. It's like it's like the movies, you know. You Arnold Schwarzenegger can be in a movie and kill three thousand people violently, and that movie gets a PG thirteen. But Scarlett Johansson's tit pops out. Now it's rated R. It's our, yeah. What the fuck are we doing? Well, that's why. What I, the fuck are we doing? Like, as a father, mm-hmm. are you more uncomfortable with your daughter? 
seeing a dong on TV or seeing like somebody get their head cut off? Yeah, mm. that's, that's a good question. Wow. At nine, um, that's an easy one for me. Well, right. Well, it, it you know that's the thing is these kids have been desensitized so much that it's like the and that's a bad thing is that they're, they're seeing sure a head cut off. They you hope that they don't view as real. The dong, I think, is more of a selfish thing to where I don't want to have to explain this. <laughs> I don't want to have to explain this dog. Please tell me she didn't sell. She saw it. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Daddy. Oh, God. Okay. I'm going to have to answer this question about this dick. Um, you, I mean, it's a part of the body, and you, you're right. You have a point. You shouldn't. It, the violence should, you know, irk you more than the dong, yes. but it works the other way around. It just does. Everybody's got a, a pecker or a pee-pee, you know? But look, I, mean? I sure. felt so uncomfortable. I took my... um daughter to see uh neighbors you know when it first came out mm-hmm. what's that uh it's a movie about comedy uh, comedy with, sorority um, yeah uh, fraternity type shit. oh yeah yeah i yeah. saw that so um yeah. i felt so uncomfortable i was sitting in there and you know they pulled out their horns and shit <laughs> they had a part with their horns you know pulled out their dicks and, and shit <laughs> yeah. like that and i was just sitting there like oh my god i just felt so yeah. bad on the inside sure. yeah, but she, here's my teenage she's daughter she's like 16 isn't she yeah but yeah. it was it was it you know it was like it still feels uncomfortable to me imagine how she felt yeah she probably felt just as uncomfortable but wouldn't wouldn't it be nice if you could watch a movie like that and both laugh because it's fucking funny like wouldn't it be nice if you just get past the uncomfortableness of it Mm, yeah, yeah. I, but I, 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 I fast forward a sex scene if, I, if she's sitting in the, uh, with me in the um, room mm-hmm. and a sex scene comes on I just change the channel it. and yeah. just fast forward I don't want it feels uncomfortable her being my stepchild yeah, yeah. I mean I remember you, that, you know as a kid I remember seeing uh, it was Witness <clears throat> was the first time I ever saw a tit was Witness and I was like 8th grade that's not even like a real tit no that was like I, a quick one yeah, and yeah. I saw I saw with my dad, and I was I was humiliated because you know we didn't that was not we weren't open about that kind of stuff. Yeah, when I see that stuff with my kids now, I you know I relish we I watched Borat with my kids, mm-hmm. and we had a riot. You you know Borat when yeah, yeah. having Borat. that naked wrestling match <laughs> and yeah. guys balls are in his face, and we had a good it was fun. We had a sure. good laugh. No, it was hilarious. And when there's sex scenes, you know. They know what's going on, and now that they know what's going on, they don't they're they don't want to watch it. They think it's kind of gross, mm. but there's no embarrassment. Yeah. So, but violence, I don't I don't like exposing them to all that violence, especially for young boys. No, it's it's a lot. It and like you said, it should be the other way around. Yeah. But it, we've put been this, trained. Put this prick in prison for the Fight Club. Mm-hmm. Release all the eighth grade blowjobbers. Yeah, so they can get back to that's right. Dick. Send them to my house. House arrest. Exactly. Um. Next up. We're staying with school. This is a school-themed show today. School and voting. A teacher here, Los Angeles school, arrested after punching his student. Whole thing's caught on tape. Student allegedly called the teacher the N-word before the teacher started swinging. Teach, teacher black? Teacher's black. Student black? Student's white. White. Ooh. Is he uh, white or is he, like, mixed? I don't know. Uh, he, I thought he was white. He was I couldn't. Hispanic. He's or, something. He was, yeah. he was a non-black. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or maybe he was, I don't think he was half black. I think he was, he's a non-black. There are reports that it may have been a setup to where, because all these kids had their phones out while he was going crazy hitting this kid. The video shows kids at the ready with their cell phones. Um, meanwhile, money is coming in to support the teacher, who many say is a you know pillar of the community. He has to pay a $50,000 bail. Money's come in. He's raised at least $37,000 as of earlier today on his GoFundMe page. Um, 
So the thing is, okay, I'll pose it to I'll pose it to Doug. Doug, you're a teacher. Yeah. You're doing your job. White kid comes in or non-black kid comes and starts harassing you and calls you the N-word. What do you do? And the teacher would have shot the hell out of him before he knew what happened. Well, what I would do first, I saw this situation and the kid threw a basketball at the teacher. Oh wow, you to kick up, everything right? off. Uh, so he threw a basketball at the teacher. Yeah. And so at that time, I would have restrained the kid. Yeah. Not swung at him. Just held him. Yeah, I would have held him, restrained him, and put him out my classroom mm-hmm. and got the principal. You sure. might not even get away with that these days. Yeah, you yeah. can't restrain kids. Yeah. yeah, you go, you, you take a, a course, a class, you put him down mm-hmm. on the mat or whatever. You have to protect yourself too yeah. as a teacher. So, and then another thing is, he wasn't actually calling him the N word. What he say? He was saying, "My nigga, my nigga, my nigga." He was just. His lingo, oh, see, everybody blew it out of proportion. He was like, he wasn't like you, nigga, you know this and that. He was just like, if I'm saying I'm here, like, hey, my nigga, what you want to do, my nigga? You know, like, uh, you know, that was just like yeah. how he talked. Sure, you know. So mm-hmm. if you look at the video, you'll see what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So you know it, but the the teacher swung on him and took off on him. Yeah, you know he, what I mean. But nuts. I think yeah. this teacher reacted. Yeah. But all the kids at the school, they were getting interviewed and they were saying, uh, the teacher's a good guy. Yeah. You know, um, they really respect him, mm-hmm. you know? And so, hey, just an unfortunate situation. Yeah. Now, okay, and I'll pose the same question to Jay Maddie. What do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, okay, my dad's a teacher, my mom's a teacher, my sister's a teacher. And, th- and I see this as being a big problem. Mm-hmm. We, back when I was in school, you could paddle a kid. You could yeah. spank a kid. Me too. Yeah. I, I got spanked I in fourth that. grade. Yes. I got spanked yeah. by my teacher in front of the class. Mm-hmm. You could discipline a kid. And now uh, teachers cannot discipline, number one. And parents don't even discipline. Mm-hmm. And and kids are taking over. Um, I don't care if he said the word. I don't care what word he said, first of all. He's in that teacher's face. He's throwing a basketball at the teacher. That's disrespectful. Sure. You, can, you cannot allow children, we're talking about children, mm-hmm. to take over a school in that way and to disrespect you. Those kids need need to be now. You can't punch a kid, no. but that kid should have been spanked about twenty times leading Before. up to that moment. No, you're right. You and then you're, you're kind of for, the teacher is forced to play the role of a parent. I mean, because, he whipped yeah. his ass though. No, he did. Yeah, it, it, yeah you it, can't do that. But mm-hmm. that that happens when you have unruly kids and you push somebody past their breaking point. Sounds mm-hmm. like that teacher went past his breaking point. Yep. Yeah, but and that teacher put him out. Not to cut you off, Jay Maddie. That teacher put him out first. Yeah, he put him out the class. The kid came back in the class. Yeah, there's the problem. Yeah. And the thing is with me, and again, I think the teacher may have gone overboard. But again, like you said, I think he was past his breaking point. But teachers teach. And you hope that kid learned a lesson. And, you know, it it may end up costing this man his job. He's obviously been arrested. because That's going to be an issue. But, you know... um, Tough situation. You got to see the video. In regards to the word, now this is this is how society is changing. Young kids, regardless of color, they use that word with each other. Mm-hmm. Like coming yeah. up, yeah. that's that's a word young people are way more comfortable with than our generation. Sure. So they go there's that. Him. Yeah, but then he used it against the teacher, and sure. the teacher just wasn't having it because he yeah. was. He's he looked not, like he's a little older than our group. He's probably in his fifties, something like that. But. I bet that felt good. Oh no, you could tell he enjoyed whipping that boy's <laughs> ass. You could you could tell. Um next up, little things I, I wanted oh, to add, you ahead. said whipping that boy's ass. I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you guys about that. Okay. All right. So 
I, you know, black guy, the word boy, mm-hmm. also brother. I thought about this, sure. right? Mm-hmm. I call most of my white friends, I refer to them as my brother. Mm-hmm. And when they're being silly, I call, you know, boy, you know, because yeah. like when we're being immature. Sure. I never refer to you guys as brother yeah. because brother has like a special, yeah. well, it's like a special thing you guys with each other, yeah. right? Yeah. And definitely yeah. I wouldn't go to the boy card. Right? Yeah. In 1999, I was on a game show called Change Your Heart, Ch- Change of Heart. Mm-hmm. It was a dating show. Mm-hmm. And they put me on with this, this girl, a black girl, and her boyfriend was a gangbanger. And we had to go on a date and then she had to choose the gangbanger or me on the oh, show. Oh, I remember this show. She chose me. <laughs> Way to go, Maddie! Yeah, and he and I got in an argument about something, <laughs> and um, and um, he had he had these tight cornrows, and I said, I said, this boy looks like Snoop Dogg's ugly cousin, <laughs> and at that time I had no idea, boy, boy, like yeah. I was fresh out of Pennsylvania. Who you call a boy? Yeah, yeah, that's how that went. Yeah. Um. So I I do understand that one now, but where are we with the brother thing? You know, the thing I've heard is a nice in between is bro like i hear white boys do bro i hear black boys do bro like you know whatever bro is more of a, a white guy term yeah but I, li- I like to use i like brother it's more um familial I, mean, I wouldn't be mad if you call me brother man you know we're, we're that tight you can call me brother all right brother all right don't do that again no, I, didn't, I changed my mind <laughs> that sounds so corny <laughs> Well, that, that didn't last yeah, long. Well, you know, I changed my mind. It didn't sound right. I just left it. Yeah, I shouldn't have. Bad idea. Let's not do that again. All right. All right. We'll cut that part of the show. Um, we will not. <laughs> We're not afraid. Come on. Um, stuff I listen to, occasionally, like, you'll hear a commercial a million times, and you don't pay attention to it, and I really start listening to this commercial. Domino's, I guess for some time now, has been paving roads... And tell me if you've heard of this. They've been they've been offering to pave people's streets so that when they drive their pizzas home or when the delivery comes, the pizza doesn't get messed up when you hit a pothole. That's and not a real story. I thought that was dude, no fake. <laughs> no, 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 no. There, wait, I'm gonna play the commercial real quick and then we'll come back. Hold on, here we go. Domino's delivery drivers are experts at handling bad roads. But those roads shouldn't ruin your pizza when you carry out. So we're doing something about them, starting with this one. If your drive home is rough on pizza, tell us at pavingforpizza.com so we can fix roads across the country. Then carry out large three-topping pizzas for $7.99 each. That can't be legit. What's the connection? I don't understand. Like, people, marketing people at Domino's came up with a thing. How can we help the community? Well, we need to pave the roads to make sure that our pizzas get there. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Dude, well, it, if they're doing that, that's awesome. Yeah, but it just doesn't seem... It seems like it's an elaborate money laundering scheme. Like, they're fixing the roads and they're inflating the price of the repair and it's like a drug trans... It's it's something suspicious. I don't see how of, it can be profitable about, for them. That's, that's what I'm saying. Sure, yeah. But who who made the connection? That's the thing. Well, it's a, it's definitely good publicity for them. Sure, they that haven't had the roads. best publicity. You're yeah, fix your your, your, your roading your town. Fuck yeah. yeah, I'll eat Domino's for that. Yeah. yeah, but shouldn't they like 
give instead of giving money for payroll, shouldn't they like donate money to stool softeners? Because that's what you need after eating Domino's. <laughs> like, but like, is this shit true, or is it bullshit? It's on TV. I, I, oh, I it must, mean, be, it must be. Must true. No, that's I mean that. that's a commercial. I, I mean they say they. That's what they, I mean. If they didn't pay for these roads, I'm sure someone would call them out. But apparently, they go city to city repairing roads with the thought that their pizzas need to get to a safe that's place. That's fucking ridiculous. I don't get the connection, but okay. It, I mean, it's just bizarre to me. Maybe I'm weird. I don't know. I I, th- I think they're just doing it for it's good publicity. It's good PR and good PR. and um, yeah. shit. I, I think it's amazing if they do that. Yeah. Or I mean, they should donate money to like gyms and stuff. Like go to the gym because you eat too much Domino's. So here's a gym membership. All right. Or something. But I don't know. That's just me. I don't know. Hey, I wanted to ask you guys. You know, mm-hmm. so you know the election coming up. I, I don't I don't watch the news, but I've heard a lot about this caravan thing, right? Mm-hmm. What the fuck is that all about? What's going on with this caravan? You know, honestly, I've tuned it out because it's just one of the... It, I was I, hoping you would yeah, educate I, me. I, I, you get to a certain point where it, I guess there's a group of Latinos that have come, come to the border and, I don't know, they're protesting or whatever, and Trump is upset, and now he's talking about pulling guns on them. That's, that's what I heard. You know, it, I, after a while, you got to tune it out, because it's just too much. And, I mean, I know that much about it. I'm sure there's more to it. All right, so apologize. we don't know. But don't. is that going to have any bearing on the way this election turns out? I don't think so. I don't think it's going to push people. The people who are going to vote against him and his policies are going to vote the same way. Um, I don't know if that this this was the straw that broke the can. Like, there's someone like, oh my god, I didn't know he was racist. Now I know, you know. Mm. So <laughs> I don't think there's, you know, it it it's that. I don't think it presents a new moment for people to change their mind about him. The people that were going to vote against him three months ago are probably the same people that are going to vote against him tomorrow. And that's my thought. But uh, yeah, like I said, after a while, you can't watch CNN all day and i can't watch it for three minutes yeah or msnbc or fox or you know i'd like to mix in and watch all three just to see what they're saying but um i haven't got i've chosen not to get deep into the that issue because i just can't take it anymore i'm done i've i've given up donald trump you won until tomorrow my man because you're going down so we talked a a lot of uh, about the election kosher bills threw his two cents in there so that means you got to get get on your ones and twos and get this episode out by tomorrow morning well, otherwise let, it, you render the whole you, you render everything kosher said invalid you can't do that to him man no we'll get on yeah. i gotta it depends on my wife and depends on what kind of duty she has for me tonight oh. and will i be wearing any special clothing yeah i, gotta I, I came home with um lingerie for my wife yeah you showed me that yeah that thing, yeah i gotta send it back doesn't doesn't fit. Oh well, that was that was a nice gesture. That was depressing. Well, isn't it the whole idea that it doesn't fit? Like, shouldn't it be like tight? Yeah, yeah. super. Get it, it was both, a little yeah. too tight, like cutting off the circulation tight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are going. I'm at still it. buying her sizes. You know, like when we met. You yeah. know, she's two kids deep. Well, you know, changes it, you a little it, bit. It encourage her a little bit. Say, hey, drop that thirty. Oh, I do. She's oh, she's beautiful. She doesn't need no. She's like pounds. she weighs like th- three pounds anyway. I don't know what the issue is, but what, what are you buying? <laughs> you buying, I bought small. I thought she she small. was a small. I thought that's what she was. He got his clothes from like Barbie, like a, a like <laughs> Toys R Us for her to wear. She's a beautiful woman. She's gorgeous. Make Good sure job, she Maddie. listens to that part of it. Yes, yeah. send that just that just part. That. <laughs> she must listen to the show. Okay. No, she no. she gets a, no. enough from me when we're home. She doesn't want she doesn't want to listen to me in her spare time. Are you kidding me? 
All right. Well, I think we've touched all the bases. We're finished here uh, for this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, we'll be back again next week with more parental advice. Women, I'm very excited about our f- one female. Uh, uh, Keep them coming, ladies. Question Keep asker, those questions or, coming. Yeah. How do you say it? Question and asker or the one lady who asks us a question. Thank How's you. that? That's yes. better. Um, keep them coming. Um, Thank you, Kosha. Uh, Matt has all of our email and uh, social media information. Facebook.com slash the dad presents, Instagram at the dad presents, and Twitter at the dad presents. Awesome. It's been a pleasure, folks. Listen to us next week. We'll be back. Enjoy your week. Take care. Yo. Did I make it there? Like I really know haters want no success. Stop, here we go again. Will I ever grow again? When they come for everything you own again, all by myself. Like, do I know my friends? I wanna have something more than trust in you. People heard the rumors like it must be true. Like I'm the one to be uncomfortable. But if you know me, that's a bunch of rules. I can speak louder than words. Defend my land from every coward to first off. I'm always representing no need to dodge a question. I am who I am. Thank you.